Party. My name's David, for those who don't know me. I'm bringing the reading tonight from James chapter 2, and if you want to use the Pew Bible, it's on page 1217, so that's James chapter 22, following on from the verses that Bree read, and this is starting at verse 14 through to verse 26. It's called Faith and Deeds. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Danny, welcome. We're looking forward to you speaking to us and uh, let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you that as we read your word, we learn from it and your spirit can speak to us. We pray that you will just enable Danny tonight as she interprets this passage for us that you will speak through her. May your spirit move in her and into our hearts. May we just learn something new about faith and love and works tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, David. I vividly remember the first time that I saw snow. I'd gone up to our very own Mount Borbo, you might be familiar with it, um, and I was standing on the mountainside with an instructor next to me, looking down at this ice, these steep gullies, these self-righteous skiers, thinking, what am I doing here? This is surely the end. Um, not only that, the instructor then told me, now you've got to strap your feet onto this meagre piece of timber and you're going to go down that mountain. I said to her, look, I've heard the historical accounts. I've watched the eyewitness testimonies on YouTube. 
I'm sure I believe I, I could do it, but what about we call it a day? I didn't really do that, but man, everything she told me to do felt so unnatural. She said, strap your feet in, don't stand, but also don't squat, and you're going to go down the mountain backwards to start with. I, again, thought it was the end, but as I listened to her advice, I found that I gradually was able to stay up. I was gradually able to get to the bottom of the mountain. I don't have a personal, privately held faith in my snowboard instructor, but the experience of her being faithful to me, trusting me, and that being reciprocated showed me I can trust her in the future. In Romans 3.28, Paul says, one is justified apart from works of the law. Then, here in James, in verse 24, it says, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. If you're confused, me too, maybe we should go home. (laughs) It is the bedrock principle of Christianity that we are justified before God. Seen, forgiven on the simple basis of a faith in Christ and an inextricable attachment to grace. Grace is arguably the main thing that separates Christianity from many other religions uh, simply because, uh, sorry, separates Christianity from many other religions where forgiveness comes at the unquenchable cost of deeds. This seems to also be the case in James 2 at first look. As we see in verse 26, just on the next slide, faith without works is dead. This is disguised as contradictory, often destabilising the condemnation of a works-based faith that must be earned. If we look a little deeper, it's not difficult to see that both James and Paul are in fact harmonious in their message, and James combats those who abuse Paul's doctrine. In Galatians, Paul is addressing Jewish converts who are telling Gentile converts, yes, you need a faith in Christ, but you also need to be circumcised, have a special diet, follow laws of cleanliness, and so on. In this passage, James is addressing those who have a true faith but feel no obligation to do anything about it. To summarise their individual teachings, as they were both inspired by the Spirit, one could say, There is nothing you can do to earn your faith. But once you have faith, that means there isn't anything to do. There is nothing you can do to earn your faith. But once you have a faith, that doesn't mean there isn't anything to do. Keller eloquently summarises this saying, We are saved by faith alone, apart from good works, but not by a faith that remains alone, not apart from good works. James's letter to a scattered church is reminiscent of the wisdom literature we find in the Old Testament as he exhorts God's people to pursue a life of holiness with a strong affection for a living, breathing faith. James does not see faith as an abstract proposition, instead a call to action, a commitment, a devotion to fidelity with God alone and to love him by following his commands. I think that James would be the type of guy who would get along with the ancient dwarfed scholar who says, do or do not 
There is no try. Yes, that is Yoda. James 2 is particularly theologically dense in verses 1 to 13. A claim to faith whilst demonstrating partiality is rejected as false. Today we're considering the latter half. Before we consider this passage, what this passage is telling us about ourselves, might we consider what it tells us about the character of God first? James introduces Abraham in verse 22 as a man who had a complete faith for who demonstrates not a lifeless, inoperative belief, but instead a living, obedient faith as he offers his son Isaac. He exhibited devotion to God and it was reckoned unto him for righteousness. In this instance, Abraham is denied his own reasons, affections and interests an action fit to challenge any believer. If you're a Christian, you have part in Christ's righteousness, atonement and grace, which will save your soul. But for it to bear holy fruits, it must come, sorry, for it to bear holy fruits, it must impact your deeds. Mere assent to any form of doctrine or or mere historical belief in any facts wholly differs from this saving faith. A bare confession of faith may gain the high regard of pious people. It may even procure good worldly things. But what might it feel like for one to gain the whole world and to lose their souls? To show faith in Christ, we must be diligent in good works from gospel motives for gospel purposes. Next slide. As Titus 3.8 reads, I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. God has ordained that we should walk in good works. True believing is not a matter of understanding, but a work of the whole heart. We must take heed, friends, For the best works without faith are dead. They want root and they want principle. Friends, there is no middle ground. We don't serve lukewarm cups of tea. We're not Switzerland. You are either in relationship with God or you're in a severed relationship to the Creator. Living for God, as it is the consequence of faith, which justifies and will save, obliges us to do nothing against him but everything for him. For the past couple of years, uh, I've been part of the Global Missions team at Ridley, uh, which has been an amazing blessing. In fact, I felt quite inspired to venture to Asia this year on a long-term medical mission to serve communities in need. I felt excited and admittedly prideful about overseas mission, but never totally at peace with it. As I began planning, my mum had gone into hospital uh, with a large effusion around her heart. Uh, A few days later, we found that the liquid that was sitting around her heart had cancer in it uh, and that she had a terminal diagnosis. With a sobering prognosis, immediately, without question, God had told me that my mission field was in my mother's living room and not thousands of kilometres away. 
as a woman who knew suffering intimately over the course of her life, who had not felt the warm embrace of coming home to Christ. God had given me the privilege of showing her the freedom of his grace and the hope of a living faith. This went against all my plans. (laughs) All of my personal endeavours had been turned on their head. Um, My feet were strapped in and my board was facing down the mountain. God said, show me your deeds, child, and you will know your faith. The most basic command that God has given us is to love one another. This simple, painful, vulnerable, sacrificial, life-giving deed personifies what a faith can do when it moves. A faith goes beyond reading scripture, beyond coming to church, goes beyond you. It is illustrated in real, practical care for those that God cares about when it's inconvenient, when it's costly, when it hurts, because we worship a God who gave even more, who knew pain even more personally, a God who would send his only son for you. If you've tuned out, dial back in. Next slide, please. James condemns any form of Christianity, Douglas writes, that drifts into a sterile, actionless orthodoxy. Faith, not what we do, is fundamental in establishing a relationship with God, but faith, James insists, must be given content. Genuine faith, he insists, always and inevitably produces evidence of its existence in a life of righteous living. It's easy to stop at the first part of faithfulness. The hedonistic nature of our culture makes it easier to place us, our desires, our flawed morality at the centre. As long as we have positive thoughts about who God is, this is sufficient. Faith happens on the playground of the intellect, boiling down to a simple profession of facts. We can entirely divorce what we profess from the way that we live. Friends, we simply don't have time for a stale faith. James ends this passage on a morbid note, a corpse, a dead body. Next slide. Verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. This is the biblical definition of death. What constitutes death? The material part of you leaves and the immaterial part of you stays. I remember the description of faith, of a dead faith, as simply your words, a demonic faith as saying the right things but not trusting Jesus Christ, or having a dynamic faith where you say, God, I trust you, my faith is in you. Jesus told Nicodemus, a very religious man, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. Examine your own heart. Do you love him? And how would anyone know? The type of faith that James 2 describes is life-changing. It's a faith that will see you challenged, 
a faith that will see you in trial, a faith that will see you in heartbreak, a faith that will see you blessed, a faith that will see your cup filled to overflowing. This is a faith that will lead you home to the kingdom of God, where he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Friends, would you join me in prayer? Father, I specifically pray for those here who suffer from partiality, who suffer from ignorance, from selfishness, resentment, loss. Would you bring them back to you, Lord? Would you overwhelm them in your pursuit of their hearts? Illustrate the deep joy that a fruitful, living faith brings and give them a reservoir of peace to draw from in the midst of the hardships of life. Thank you for your unconditional love and unique forgiveness that contrasts the rest of this world, Lord. In your precious name, amen.